What's up, y'all? It's Austin Peckham. You're listening to Paving a Path Podcast. Hello, everybody! And welcome back to another episode of Paving a Path Podcast. And man, this is a good one. Uh, my good friend Austin Peckham came by and we chatted it up for a little bit. Austin was one of the, the first uh, few individuals that I met when I when I moved to Nashville. And, and we've kept in touch ever since. Um, he, he started a company called Create Nash. And they do videography, photography, advertising, all these great things, and super talented at it. He uh, he did a couple of my music videos, and yeah, we just talk about his path and how he got to Nashville and why he came to Nashville, uh, what's going on with Create Nash, and we even get into some personal things about you know marriage and how that's changed our workflow and and how we balance life. Um, just a lot of good stuff, all the way up to. You know, his company, Create Nash, partnering with, with uh, an individual, Gary LaVox, from Rascal Flats. So, yeah, Austin, it's a great one. Got a lot of good stuff coming, uh, and I'm so happy and, and just excited for him. Uh, he's just a great dude all around. Before we get into all that, uh, my solo record is in the mixing stage. You know, going to be on going on to mastering after that. Man, I am so pumped about this. Got a lot of announcements coming up really, really soon, really soon, uh, just right around the corner. You can go to my website, jordanmillersounds.com, subscribe, you know, follow along on social media, at jordanmillersounds, keep up with some of that stuff. I'm going to gonna get back at it here soon. Uh, at Highway Natives, you know, Highway Natives still doing their thing in the studio. And uh, hopefully we'll be finishing up both of those records, uh, you know, fairly soon, closer to the new year. So without further ado, let's get into it. Austin Peckham on this episode of Paving a Path podcast. Lots of delay and reverb. Exactly. Exactly. Well, make sure you tune it. So you said you had to... uh, you had to you got to shoot tomorrow? Yeah, I have a my first Christmas music video of the year. Christmas music video. Yeah. Who's the artist? Um a girl named Heather. Um I won't say her last name. Okay. But um yeah, girl named Heather doing a uh just like a studio performance thing. Yeah. And then in the song it talks about honoring like all the people that kind of get forgotten. Uh like waitresses firefighters policemen all that stuff and instead of because it would take a lot of time effort and money uh to actually like go get footage from 10 different places right so we're just using um like stock footage from from that just to kind of get the the vibe and the feel of all of those people that's a pretty interesting twist on like a christmas song i would think yeah it's an awesome twist. Um, I mean, I can't think of too many that are like that. Because you think of Christmas, you think of joy and, like, all these things that, you know, Christmas brings to you. And then now she's trying to focus on, you know, some of the things that people don't think about when it comes to Christmas time. Yeah, and most people think about their their families and spending time with their loved ones and all that stuff. And she's kind of taking a different approach and, approach and saying... Uh, 
hey, like family is great and like we're all grateful to spend time with them, but there's also all these people that have to, to work and dedicate their time during that holiday season um, to make it possible for us to enjoy it. Yeah. Let me turn this thing off, man. I forgot. Stupid air conditioner thing. Cool, man. Well, like I said, I know I've already talked to you, but I, I do appreciate you coming by. I know you're a yeah, busy man. cat. Um, when I first met you, I felt like you were pretty – I mean, how long had you been in Nashville when we first met? Probably like three or four months maybe. Really? It was pretty – I don't – damn, I don't remember that. So how long ago was that? That was – I want to say that was either late 2017 – or, yes, it was late 2017, I think. Okay, because I moved to Nashville, um, like, January 1st of 2017. So I'm about to have my three-year anniversary yeah, yeah. in a couple months, which okay. is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy to think about because I know I don't wake up and think about it, but when I do think about it, I'm just like, damn, for me, it feels like time has flown by. I don't know if it's like that for you. No, it has. And like, not only has like time flown by in the city and in business and in life and stuff like that, but there's been so many like critical life moments that have happened to me in the last three years right? that have made it go even faster, Yeah, like getting married and starting a company and, um, you know, family having kids and yeah people getting sick i mean it's just like life plus new adventure has just made it go so fast yeah speaking of that wh where are you from again i i usually claim louisville kentucky yeah um, i'm not really associated sports wise so if anybody hears this and they're <laughs> like go cards i'm like no cool but yeah uh -huh. so i usually claim louisville but my dad was a project manager for dupont the chemical company and we basically moved every time they opened a plant so i was actually born in gulfport mississippi okay and we moved all over the place lived in texas and iowa indiana delaware um and then kind of landed in louisville before i went to school so where is where is the majority of like your the hub of your family at right now my parents just moved back to louisville from uh delaware Gotcha. Delaware, Pennsylvania area. And I've got three older sisters. The oldest one lives in LA. Okay. Um, she's a construction management lady. And my two other sisters live in Louisville. So okay. most of the majority of my family is in Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Cause you were talking about family and like all these occurrences happening and not to like bring the mood down or anything, but for me, which Louisville is not that far away. I mean, you could, hop in the car and go there in a day yeah. and everything and I, I could go to florida you know in a day but that's an eight hour drive yeah that's most of the work day and um you know i mean i can't help but think about them and like everything that's going on around them and i'm up here like trying to do my thing and it, yeah. it just makes me mess them a lot but uh you know do you do you kind of relate to that a little bit i relate to that and i i might even relate to it on a deeper level where i am always so convicted um, by – I don't want to make myself sound like a bad person, but I'm always so convicted by, like, my lack of communication and time spent with family. Oh, yeah, man. Even when they're only, like – it's a 
three and a half hour drive to Louisville. Um, and it's just, it's, it's so hard to, to, I mean, I don't even know. It's not even, well, you, dude, you get like, <laughs> you're, you're doing your thing. You're getting busy. I mean, you moved here for a reason and we'll get to that in a second, but it's, it's the aspect of, I feel like most family members understand like, cause everybody has a life. And even if you were there, like when I lived at home, I felt like I saw my family less when I lived there than I do now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I have a lot of family members that come visit and I'm like, man, I see you guys more now that I'm eight hours away than I did when I lived, you know, a 15 minute drive down the road. Yeah. And, and, and part of that is my fault too. Yeah. And I will say though, like now when I do see them, like, um, my wife, Emily and I just went back, uh, to Louisville it's either last weekend or the weekend before for my niece's fourth birthday party. And I would just say that the time spent with family now is so much different than the time spent when I was in high school. Yeah. Like you, you have things to talk about and catch up on. And like you talk about a lot deeper things and just like the connection with my sisters and my family and my parents is just a lot different now than it was back then absolutely and i i love that aspect of it so like even if we don't talk all the time when we get back together it's still like a lot more meaningful of an experience yeah i can relate to that too i mean my me and my sister are pretty far apart in age but you know she's in college now and she's in jacksonville which i'm from a small town south of tallahassee called crawfordville and growing up you know before i moved away we weren't really I don't want to say we weren't super close, but we were just on a different maturity level that it was hard to kind of carry on conversations about things that maybe I wanted to talk about or she did too. Um, And now that she's gotten older, I feel like we're definitely getting closer and that's cool. But what did you move to Nashville for? I moved to Nashville to be a country artist. Okay. Um, I Big shock. Yeah, big, yeah, big shock. Like, I don't think anyone's ever moved here to be an artist. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, never, man. So, I was in a very rare position. I was the only person that all the labels were looking at, and they were like, wow, this dude just moved here to be an artist. I know. Um, Damn, that had to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, so I moved here to be an artist, and the, the funny thing is that I, um, six months before I moved, I was about to graduate from the University of Southern Indiana. Uh, with a degree in food nutrition and I was going to be a I might mess this up but it's like a perinatal dietitian which means you're a dietitian that works solely with pre-pregnant pregnant and post-pregnant women okay yeah I think I remember you telling me that yeah so I was motivated because my sister had just gotten pregnant and I wanted to be able to to help her and then help others and like Two months before graduation, I was talking to my mom, and I was—I had kind of dabbled in music. I played all the bars around my college town to make money. And was that in Louisville? That was in Evansville, Indiana. Okay, okay. So I was talking to my mom one day, and I was like, "I think that I want to move to Nashville." Yeah. I was like, "I think I just—I feel like it's the only time in my life that I'm going to be able to do this, and if I don't do it, I'm never going to know what could have happened." Yeah. And I mean, it was—I'm not. I'm not doing what I came down here to do, but... Was she supportive of that? She was so supportive. Yeah. Both my parents were. Right. I mean, they had just paid for four years of school. Right. Which I was, I'm was. i so fortunate for, but I didn't... I literally dropped it all, and they were yeah. just totally okay with it and supportive of it. And, I mean, it was obvious that 
God wanted me to be here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the thing, man. I feel like me and you kind of had the same feeling. Um, I didn't necessarily move around like you did growing up because, you know, my parents were, they had a career in one area and, uh, I remember being in uh, the the truck one day with my stepdad. I think we had on a Sunday, like came back from my grandma's house from eating, and I had been talking about moving to Nashville for a while just because I was thinking about it. And he just told me one day, he's like, "If you don't do this, you're probably you." He's like, "Not probably, you're definitely going to regret this. You That's have so to go." Awesome. And uh, I definitely, because even after that, I felt like it kind of settled down for me, and then all of a sudden a year or two later it came back and I'm like, okay, like I gotta go. Yeah. I can't. So I can definitely relate to that. So you moved here and, uh, what, what happened when you moved here? What'd you start doing? So I moved here and before I had moved to town, I had, I had searched for jobs, um, for about two months. I wanted to get a full-time job because I felt like I needed something to support myself. So you didn't have anything lined up when you came. You I just- had, I I had a job lined up, yeah. so I, I found a job, and it was the personal training manager at an Anytime Fitness in Franklin, and I started it, and it it really turned into basically being a personal training salesperson, Okay. and I had never done sales before, nor did I really like get the whole model of trying to sell personal training. Um, it was just, I don't know, it was just... Different like nutritional products or really just like actual like physical just training. Selling yeah. the gym. So I was trying itself. to sell the gym. Okay. Sell the the um members personal training um to the trainers that we had. So I a weekend put in my two weeks and <laughs> they were just like, You can just go. <laughs> yeah. So I felt I mean I kind of felt bad, but at the same time, I was just like, I knew that I had to get out of there. It was yeah. just like soul sucking. Right. Um, so I had like a little bit of savings built up and I kind of just like took some time to figure out what, like where my life was going to go. And honestly, like I wasn't super big into my faith at the time. I was, I was a Christian, but nothing like what I am now. Right. And yeah. so I didn't really have like God to, to listen to and like really like consult on what I was supposed to be doing. I was really just like in my own head, just waiting, like what's going to happen next. Yeah. And, um, I had this, this camera that was worth like 250, 300 bucks that was laying around that I brought with me from college. And I was like, okay, well I'll, maybe I'll shoot some videos for some friends. And the, uh, just started having friends come over and I would record a little acoustic vocal demo, went out and bought some gear for that. And I would just set my friends in a, in a stool or chair and just super shakily handheld one take (laughs) record them and charge them like 25, 50 bucks. And that kind of allowed me to eat. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of how like, everything started so when you when you got to town and you were doing like the the gym stuff at any time so you like never really kind of transition into like you didn't go out and try to be an artist or songwriter here was there like ever did you play any gigs or anything or I guess honestly I forget about that part of my story because I I 100% did I mean I was I was playing 
I was trying to book shows. I was playing a little bit around Nashville. I was playing in St. Louis a little bit because that's where Emily's from, and we were able to get like some gigs out there pretty easily. So I was I was playing a little bit. I was releasing. Um, I released a couple singles and then a whole EP. Yeah. Um, and it did well. I mean, like the the single "Home in a Minute" um, went. I think I think it was number eleven on like the iTunes country okay chart. Yeah. So like that was super cool to see. Right. Um, truthfully, like I don't think it really meant anything <laughs> because like if stuff if that like actually meant something then it like it may have been a different it may have been a different story but yeah, but yeah so I, I definitely tried to do the music thing and it kind of came down to this decision where and that it kind of fast forwards on the other side of my story but it kind of came down to this decision where I had to say okay I either have to fully dive into music or I have to fully dive into um, this other thing, which was making videos. Right. So when I met you um, late 2017 or whenever it was, yeah, you had already established Create Nash, right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about that time and the beginning of like, did you just out of the blue you were like, I'm gonna start Create Nash, or after you were doing those twenty five fifty dollars <laughs> shaky films in the living room? Yeah. So. I, it was just crazy, and like, truthfully, like, there's no way that, that any of this is a thing without God, and it's just so crazy how fast everything happened, so I was making those videos, and then um, my friend Davis Mallory, he's doing some, like, really cool things now, um, he had told my name to someone at Universal, and they gave me a call, and they were like, hey, we want you to come into Ocean Way and shoot this stuff for the last Glenn Campbell album. Oh, man. And I had that stupid little camera. <laughs> I had never done anything like that was legit before, and I said yes, and I was just like, I'll just figure it out. Yeah. So I went and I bought like a couple things, and like the job paid enough to invest in a new camera. Right. So I bought a new camera, and then like a couple weeks later, um, this girl named Kelsey Kay... Um, she has a, she just changed her name. She kind of, she moved to LA and is in pop now. Okay. Um, she's killing it. But when she was kind of first starting out in country music, um, she reached out to me and said, Hey, I want to do a music video. Yeah. So I shot this music video and then she texted me and she's like, Hey, it's going to premiere on CMT. And <laughs> to me, I was like, Holy crap. Like, what the heck? This is crazy. Yeah, and then, what is going on? And then the Glenn Campbell stuff like came out like a week later. On talk, like, talk more about the Glenn Campbell stuff because I know me and you briefly talked about that when we met. Yeah, but for anybody who hasn't heard it, like kind of going because that's pretty cool. So I I probably make it sound cooler than what it was, but I was just honored that I had like anything to do with that name, right? Um, especially right. before him passing away. Because didn't you say it was like one of the last? things or something like weren't his daughters or yeah his his daughter um went into the studio and glenn glenn campbell was very very sick at this point so he was not there so i didn't get to meet him um but glenn campbell's daughter was there and she basically went and played like four or five of his songs acoustically in the studio yeah and i just filmed it filmed some interview stuff and uh how nervous were you 
I was pretty nervous. <laughs> yeah. And like the dudes from Rolling Stone were there and oh, like the, the people from Universal were there and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I hope that this turns out okay. Yeah. So Please don't be shaky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just stay in focus. Like <laughs> That's pretty crazy, man. Um so anyways, yeah, you you said the Kelsey K on CMT. Yeah, so that came out on CMT, and then like a week later, like the stuff that we shot um, with Glenn Campbell's daughter came out on Rolling Stone, and then I don't even really remember what happened, but I, I was at home one night, and I just felt like, I was like, okay, I, I really think that this is what I'm supposed to be doing with my yeah. life. You kind of had a moment. I, yeah, I had a moment. And I started researching names and just thinking about names. And I, I can't honestly remember, but I think my buddy Chase Isaacs might have like helped me with that name. I know that I was drinking a little bit that yeah, night, so I can't, I can't remember exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly how that came about. But I, we landed on the name Create Nash, and I thought that there was no possible way that something like this could be available in a town where creative stuff has been happening for exactly decades. Yeah. Um, so I look it up on Instagram and the name was available and I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I looked it up on Facebook. The name was available. It's like, okay, hmm. cool. I went to the Tennessee, uh, business search, right. business name search, typed in create Nash available. Yeah. And I was like, Hmm. Hmm. I think that I'm going to do this. Yeah. So I just pulled the trigger and made all the accounts and um, just kind of started working as that name. Yeah. Um, through Austin. Yeah. Gotcha. What is like, okay, so this is my opinion on, you get on Yep, you know, Nashville. And for those of you listening that don't know what Yep is, it's a Facebook community page of creatives uh, within the community of Nashville and then elsewhere who are familiar with the page. I had never heard of it, so I'm yeah. here. You say, I'm looking for a photographer or a videographer. In a few hours, there's 100 comments. Yep. How, how do you feel that you have stood out? Like, how how... How did you go from creating Create Nash to like weaning through all those weeds of people? What would you say has been like the most important aspect of that in building your, you know, clientele and your name out there? I on it, so I don't really like I love Yep and Yep like two and a half years ago is a lot different than the Yep now. I, I would it. I would say that two and a half years ago, Yep truly did get me some clients yeah. and some people to work with now. I mean, <clears throat> I, I tried to, this is a sidetrack, but I tried to sell, I tried to sell an old MacBook pro on Facebook marketplace the other day, right? Had 250 messages in like an hour and I just yeah. deleted it and I'm giving it to someone. <laughs> yeah. Would Cause you, like, would you, that's probably because of the increased population <laughs> of everybody coming here. Yeah. So like I don't know in situations like that I I can't help but feel for the people that are reaching out and trying to find a photographer or a video person yeah and being bombarded and just being like bombarded with people and there's there's great people in there and right. there's not so great people in there yeah and you know how do you how does someone 
truly know like what they're going to get from someone. Absolutely. And I think what truly helped me was just the amount of really just the incredible people I worked with that kept telling their friends and just okay. kept tagging create Nash and talking about create Nash. And, um, see that's, yeah, I'm glad you said that because I was curious about your answer because I've only done a few interviews on this podcast, but I mean, I've learned this as I've been here and obviously you have too, but for anybody that wants to move here or knows nothing about being here or even in LA or I don't know how it's done there, but your network is important. And somebody was uh, in the first interview with Will Kinzel, my good friend, he's an engineer and he was just saying he's from Pennsylvania um, and you can't, things here are done a lot differently than they are there and vice versa. Yeah. You can't come here and come to somebody's show for the first time and walk up to them and say, Hey, I want to mix you guys record. I want to record yeah. you. Cause then they're probably going to look at you and be like, who the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And he was just talking about the, how making a relationship and, you know, just being a genuine person to people goes a long ways. Yeah. And I, I a hundred percent agree with that. And one thing that I, have always no matter what made a point to do is just just like this sounds weird maybe but just love people yeah and yeah absolutely and just show that like no matter what like if i give you a product that you don't like mm -hmm. i'm gonna reshoot it if i mean just like just taking all the negativity out of of everything and just trying to be a genuine person dude that goes such a long ways yeah to me it does yeah because it's easy to be a butthead and an asshole and not want to you know it's just crazy like there's yeah. a lot of those out there and then like to to go back to the the yep thing i have literally i don't comment or post on it anymore but i still am a part of the group and i've literally seen people I would say almost ruin their ability to do anything in this town because of saying something or being a ingenuine or or disingenuine. I, I don't know what the exact word would be, yeah. but a just a person that maybe people don't want to work with or they were mean to someone. Like it's just crazy how fast this town can turn on you, right? If you aren't nice to people. Well, social media can get a lot of people in trouble because I feel a lot of people want to voice their opinion and it's easy to do when you're behind a keyboard or your phone and you're yeah. looking at something and you're like, well, I don't agree with that. And then so you like just a little, you know, just push you over the edge. And so you, you type something and then you're like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. I see a lot of people do that, man. And a lot of those people aren't even from here and they may even be talking about the community or, you know, the venues or what's going on here. And it's like, you know, some of you guys and girls don't even have room to even say anything that you're saying right now. This is, yeah. this isn't your domain. You know, you may live here and you may have just moved here, but it just goes back to what you're saying. You got to be nice to people and you got to be a genuine person. For me, I... I just want to help as many people as possible. That's the point yeah. of this podcast. It's, it's the point like, of our life. Yeah, exactly. It's not about me. It's not about what I'm trying to do. It's I get fulfillment out of helping other people. And uh, 
that's awesome yeah yeah man that's it it is funny to see like around town and to see stuff like that um but there are also a lot of great people here i mean i try to build my circle on people like that you know um so you know you're getting this stuff going and what what's what's been coming up up the ladder you know since then you know with create nash like how has it grown for you so just totally nuts um i met this dude uh named gary gary ashton and you can't drive through nashville without seeing his billboards about selling your home um (laughs) but my wife is a real estate agent and she is significantly better so use her (laughs) yeah uh, just just a shout out what's your wife's name my wife is emily peckham okay Um, for any of you guys out there girls out there wanting to buy a buy a home yeah, this was a podcast break. <laughs> yeah. With a commercial for Emily We're, Peckham. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna add the sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but no, so um I was shooting some stuff for Gary, uh, just kinda on the side, like when they had events or whatever. And I met a guy named Dustin Black, and Dustin owns a company called Black Time Moving. They're an Inc. five hundred company, which means they're in the top five hundred non publicly traded companies. Um right. so just huge huge company and just really successful guy and really great guy um big christian um someone that really gives back to his community and his family um so just i mean great dude and he we kind of started talking and he just started to get like this big interest in create nash and that kind of led to discussions about a potential partnership okay so we start talking about that, and a few days later, he texts me, and he's like, hey, um, Gary LeVox wants to be a part of this as well. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, are you sure you spelled that right? Like, like Rascal Flatts Gary LeVox? And he was like, yeah. So, like, two weeks later, we are meeting and, like, negotiating, like, this partnership deal with create Nash and it's me, Dustin and Gary in a room. And, uh, so that's kind of, so we, we, we did the partnership. Now I'm partners in create Nash with Gary Dustin. And we just brought on, um, a guy photographer named Robbie Norris, super, super talented dude. Um, and we're just kind of like at that point where we're building this, this team to, to go and, and just grow and, and be something bigger than just Austin. Yeah. Is, uh, does Gary LaVox, does he have a pretty hands-on with the partnership or how does that work? I mean, so he is, he's super involved in like all things music. And, you know, we work with a ton of artists and, you know, Gary has experienced everything that an artist can experience. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's been through it. He knows what works and what doesn't work. Um, so he's kind of like a consultant in a way, um, but then also is just like a great name and just a great person to have on our team yeah. and someone that, you know, can open doors that I can't open, that Dustin can't open, that Robbie can't open. Right. Um, so, I mean, just, just having that person that people trust. And again, it goes back to being a good person because Gary is a phenomenal human being and the stuff that Rascal Flatts has done with the like Riley Children's Hospital. Right. I think it's Riley, um, yeah. but it's one of the children's hospitals. And just like 
he's given back so much to the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Through music and through charity. Yeah. So, I mean, having someone like that associated with you is just a win. Yeah, I mean, it's probably a pretty overwhelming feeling. I mean, to sit there and something that you've created and other people are believing in it. I mean, that's that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it's um, crazy. So would you say that Create Nash, like obviously you don't sit here and think it's just this. You obviously have, you've got to have like, you know, higher dreams and as, aspirations. What what are you thinking uh, the big picture of Create Nash is? So, so yeah, so Create Nash started as, you know, really just, me making videos for artists it turned into to higher production music videos and i have been so fortunate to work with over a hundred different artists and now working with um some awesome people like matt stell and jimmy allen and abby anderson and people like that and um our goal is to always have that sexy music side of things and mm -hmm. you know relationships are still forming and building in that world to where we can do bigger projects with bigger clients. Um, but we're really branching out into the corporate world and, and being more of a creative agency for brands. Um, so whether it's a gas station, a dentist office, um, or Google, yeah. Facebook, um, just trying to be the creative outlet that, that helps them tell their story. Right. Are you guys kind of just... Like right now, are you just focused on the Nashville area or are you thinking it'll branch out eventually or it does or it has? Like what, what is that like? So when it comes to like – so the, I'm, I've, have, I've had to learn so much um, to go from just like a guy with a camera that was getting a lot of referrals to, okay, now I am the leader of a company who's in charge of getting business – for our families yeah and that's a lot different than yeah that's a big responsibility yeah so it's it's a big responsibility and and we are starting with the nashville area kind of feeling out our inner circle of connections and relationships we've already built um we've got like a couple clients in atlanta and california um so we're we are a little bit past nashville but our main focus right now is going to be nashville yeah. yeah yeah i got you I got you, man. That's that's so awesome, dude. I'm I'm extremely happy for you, man. That's thanks, man. That's really cool. It, I just feel like it was yesterday that you know we had met and we were at that park wherever it was and going to shoot that video and that. singing singing on a rock in a creek. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. Yeah. So do you do you? I mean, I imagine you're probably pretty busy now. Do you ever find time to like pick up the guitar and ride or play anymore? Or? So I actually, I guess it won't be like a secret anymore. Not that anybody would care. <laughs> but, um, I have been, out there. Yeah. I have been trying to write a worship project um, for a little while now. I have about like six or seven songs now. Yeah. Um, so I occasionally pick up the guitar. Honestly, a lot of it has come from piano. Oh, that's cool. Um, Are you fluent in piano? No, no, not at all. Okay, but I, I guess with the small amount of musical ability that I have, yeah, I can, like I can put my fingers on the keys and make, make noise, noise that sounds <laughs> yeah. that sounds decent enough to yeah. sing over. So yeah, I've just been I've been writing that, and um, Gary and I have talked a little bit too about 
um, potentially like maybe doing a worship song together. Yeah. Um, maybe writing one together. Um, so just trying to figure out like what that looks like. And to me, like my whole premise behind it is that I, I feel like I was given a gift. Um, and for me to not use it would seem like a waste. So if right. I, if I can use it to potentially bring people closer to God or make people feel better, um, then I definitely want to be able to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I, uh, I know you mentioned, and since we've met, you know, you've, you've gotten married and, yep. uh, how would you say, which I don't even, I think I told you congratulations on, you know, social media or something, but congratulations yeah. Thanks, in person dude. now that I've Appreciate seen you. It. I know it's been, how long has it been? We just had our, see, our, we just had our one year anniversary, but I'm trying to think. So June, July, August, September. So basically a year and four months. Okay. Yeah. So we've married well, a year and four congratulations months. Congratulations on that, man. Thanks, man. How is, uh, how has being married kind of changed the way you work and, and all that stuff? Marriage is first off just incredible. It um, is. There's, it is. I could never imagine not having a partner and just someone to share life with, um, in that way. I mean, it's just so much different than than being by yourself. Right. Um, you just have that that teammate, that yeah, person, supportive that, figure. Yeah, that you can lean on. And Emily and I have shared so much anxiety together, so much depression together, so many tears and laughs and happiness. And I mean, just yeah. like having that person to, to lean on is amazing. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing that's changed in my life since marriage is kind of just the relationship that I have with, um, with friends and the people that were like a big part of my life um, in the early stages of being in Nashville. Yeah. And it sucks. And I, I hate saying that. Um, but you know, you get married and you have a puppy child <laughs> yeah. and shout out, <laughs> shout out to Rhett at music city doodle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, and you're, you're growing a company and you know, you're, you're just a busy man. You're trying to do yeah. all these things and your wife is the absolute most important thing. Absolutely. And it kind of just, it takes a lot of the time away that you can spend with the people that used to come over and, and drink and hang out and like play music with you at night. Yeah. Cause that you can't do that anymore. Right. Um, right. So it's, it's kind of put, I wouldn't say a strain because I feel like the great friends that I have, um, I mean, just like you, like yeah. we could not talk for a year and I could text you and say, "Hey Jordan, let's go get a beer." Right. And right. And we could pick up and you know still go have a great time. Yeah. And that's still really cool, but I definitely have lost like that um closeness and it's something that I just talked to Emily about it a few nights ago. Yeah. Uh, it's something that's been kind of like weighing on my heart um that there's some relationships that I haven't spent enough time with that I want to try to it's just a work Re in progress. Rekindle. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it's you're a great person for that because you're putting her first and she needs to be first. And that's what's most important. You know, um, I know if it weren't for Amanda, I would probably be in a ditch somewhere <laughs> or something, you know. I mean, she picked up and moved here with me and she puts up with a whole lot that 
you know, she doesn't have to. Like, we're down here some nights rehearsing for a few hours, and we keep yeah. it respectful, but she's still, you know, I mean, it's it's like, man, she has to listen, and, and you know, I'm so appreciative of her, and uh, so I get that, but there's definitely there's definitely those times where, you know, it's like, I don't, it, it's probably the same thing for you. Like, I feel like I'm constantly working. Like, I'm always working on something. I'm yeah. not stagnant, you know. Um, every second of every day, my mind's racing, and I'm thinking of, you know, I have a tough time sitting still and kind of like almost taking a break or just yeah. being relaxed. I can't do that. Like, it's tough yeah. for me. And so when I do get those breaks, I want to be with her. And I want to spend time with her and yep. Baloo, my dog, and, yep. you know. And so I think that's where, like, the difference comes in for me is, you know, but I think a lot of people understand that, man. And your friends probably do, too. And eventually, if they don't, they will, you know. So yeah. it's – but, yeah, I mean, it, it's – I don't think it's uh, a bad thing at all, you know. It's just one of those things that – you're just such a good person. You think about it, you know. Yeah, thanks, man. You know what I mean. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, what what's been up lately with Create Nash? I mean, what what are you guys doing now? I know you said you got the Christmas uh, music video coming up, but you guys got some other stuff in the shoot that you're we're gonna work on. Yeah, I mean, we have we have a plethora of projects that are on the horizon um, that we are working to produce out and and get ready to go. Um, some of the, the biggest ones that I've worked on yet, which is super exciting, um, have a, a super big pitch to a, a nationwide gas station chain. Okay. Um, so like that stuff is really cool. I've been working on a lot of real estate stuff and development, um, content. So when people, uh, I mean, there's so many communities that are popping up around town right? and they need advertising and content to be able to lease their units yeah so i've been been hitting those a lot um really just i mean my my days right now are i'm either shooting something um i haven't i've been editing a lot but uh my homie chris has been editing a lot yeah for us and just kind of taking that um that like leader role um, hired a, a business coach and she um, she's been super awesome and just kind of like keeps my Man. my mind on track I bet that's helped a lot oh it's crazy so she she just kind of I wouldn't say tells me what to do but she pretty much tells me what to do <laughs> yeah because um, I I'm not scared to say that like this is an animal that I've never dealt yeah. with before so yeah my main my main goal right now is just to try to sell and create business for us because I know that we are talented and have the creativity um, to, I wouldn't say beat other people in our market, but I know that there's a lot of things that we're better at and I just have to show that to people. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're investing in yourself, you're investing in the company. I mean, that's probably one of the most important things. That quote, you can't make money unless, well, not unless you're spending money, but you got to spend money to make money sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, what's, uh, in your, you know, in your playbook, what's, what's one of the more like crazier things that's happened to you since you've, you know, delve into Create Nash and, and all this stuff? Oh, Is there like man. one specific moment that like sticks out and you're like, what in the world? 
good or bad? Let's do both. Let's do both. You don't have to name any names, but <laughs> he said I gotta sit up for this. Um, man, what has what crazy good things happened? I mean, is there a moment where you like you walked in a room or you know, you got a phone call and you hung up and you're just like, holy shit, like, you know, I mean Okay. <clears throat> really one's in, you know, specific that kind of stands yeah. out for you. Okay. So I think I know how to answer your question. And one of the like coolest thing that's happened um, to me recently is I've had, like I said, I've had to learn kind of a new side of business and I've had to reach out to a lot of people, um, make phone calls, emails, and try to get business. Right. And I recently took this new approach and it led to, um, being able to send a proposal for a really giant company to, yeah. um, to do all of their content creation. Okay. And when the lady got back to me and said, Hey, I think that this would be a perfect fit for these people. Yeah. I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> this has the, like, this is like one of those clients that has the capability of like taking you from a changing your life. Yeah. Yeah. And changing like changing my life, of course, but just changing like the company's, the company's life and the company's like direction. Yeah. Just like, it's kind of like that landmark where if people see that, that you're behind these people, then you have a whole, yeah, you have instant credibility to yeah. like that level of client. Opens up a lot of doors. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really cool. And it's just like a result. And I, I think the biggest thing that I've learned through my coach and through Dustin, my business partner, is that you have to prospect. And prospect is reaching out and trying to find people to work with. Yeah. And I think that that holds true in music. I think it holds true in business. Um, like if you're an artist, and you want to be successful and you want to play shows, you literally have to reach out to venues. Yeah. And it's not fun. And like it the sucks. majority of people, <laughs> the majority of people hate getting told no. Dude, well, half the time you don't even get told anything. Yeah. And you it's know? such a, it's such a demoralizing process. But like if social media is great, but there's still all these, um, not our generation that, that own right. almost all the venues. Exactly. And if you're not like classic conversational, like, conversational and like yeah. reaching out to them and like talking to them about either doing business with them or booking with them. Right. Right. Then you probably won't have much success in, yeah. in booking or in getting clients. Yeah. There's an art to it. Um, you know, I mean, sounds like you're learning a lot of it. You know, and it's it's one of those things that I feel, you know, I'm, I definitely want to interview like a, a venue owner on here because yeah. I definitely think there's a lack of understanding on the musician side of things as far as like, okay, because, okay, I was reading an article about this today, actually, yeah. um, where as musicians, there's a lot of egos and yeah. we we may go into it thinking, okay, 
Like, I'm going here because I want, I've never been here and I want these people to listen to my music in this town where that venue owner is like, how are these musicians going to make me money? Yeah. And we don't even think about that sometimes. No. And it's, it's, it's the unfortunate side of the music industry. And I guess, I mean, it's our, it's our whole world. Right. Right. right, The, the entire world is run by money. And at the end of the day, if like something isn't making a venue owner or a company money, like even in our world, like, of course, if, if you want to shoot a, a commercial or get social content and it, I mean, in, in that world, it's never going to be immediate, but if it's not immediately or, or eventually getting you money, then there's no point in doing it. Exactly. And I just saw, I just saw something on, on Facebook, of course, of all places the other day. And it was some people in Nashville talking about, um, people having like the audacity to talk during people playing music or whatever. And don't get me started. Like (laughs) I, I can, I can see it both ways where I've, I've been on stage and I've, I've been playing my songs. You've that, been in everybody's shoes yeah, in that scenario. That I've poured my heart out to write, and I can look out in the crowd, and I can see people laughing and talking, and it's like, it sucks. But the the guy, I, I loved it because it was so brutally honest. But it was like, look, like you can't expect, and if, if you're not playing the listening room or the Bluebird or right. – or like third and or like third and Lindsley, where like the the whole entire show is based on you, you, and yeah. you've written some hit songs, and like people are paying money to like want to be there to want to be there. Yeah, if they're talking and like being disrespectful, then that's one that's thing. One but thing. if yeah. you're and I, I'm really I don't I'm just repeating what this dude said. So don't <laughs> don't judge me for my words. But like if yeah. you're playing like Frisky Frogs. Which doesn't exist anymore. It's Live Oak. It's Live Oak now. Yeah. It was the South, and then it turned into Live Oak. I don't know. It's been everything. But if you're on Demumbrian, we we'll say that. Yeah, so <laughs> if you're playing on Demumbrian, and even like, I mean, Bus Call and like, uh, yeah. what's like the other revival? Yeah, and like Whiskey Jam and all that. Yeah, like those are those are places where there's kind of a really good mix between people that are there to listen to you and it's the type of environment where you're never going to get like upset for people talking. Dude, you can't. That's yeah. like that's Nashville tourism location right yeah. there. So every night of the week you're going to have a handful in there that just came to town and they're ready to party or yeah. hang out, you Yeah. Know? But if you're playing like a riders round at like Belcourt and well Belcourt's not a good example cuz people Bluebird, are people are pretty yeah. respectful there. Yeah. And I Belcourt was like my home when I first moved here. But if you're playing like like if you're playing a riders around somewhere or you're playing on Broadway, like you can't really expect and you're not getting paid. You're yeah. getting paid on Broadway, but both sides of that, if you can't expect people to come in and listen intently to your music if you're not like this sounds bad, but if you're not like providing something good to listen to. Yeah. And I would say that 60 70 maybe 80 percent of some of those places downtown are going to be people that don't even know who the hell you are yeah and that you're even playing there that night yeah and this dude in the in this facebook post and again these aren't my words but this dude in this facebook post said 
I have been in those places where the person on stage has shut up the entire room. Right. And I've been in those situations too. I haven't done that. Yeah. But I have like been on Demumbrian listening yeah. to a writer's round. I remember this girl, I can't remember her name, but she had like one of the most insane voices that I've ever heard in my life. And literally she started playing and the entire restaurant had like 150 people in it. Right. Stop talking. Yeah. And like you can't demand a crowd's a crowd to, to pay attention to you. You have to like command the attention. Exactly. Impress them. Make them hear something and then be like, oh my goodness. Like don't go up there and try to talk them into listening to you. Just do your thing and be genuine. And if it's real and they enjoy it, they'll enjoy it. Somebody out there is listening. It may only be one person out of 150, but somebody's going to leave there and be like, man, that that girl or that guy was really awesome. Like, I enjoyed that a lot. And not to go, like, super deep into this, but, like, I feel like that's just, like, a result of our generation. And I'm I'm guilty of the same thing, but we all want – um, instant satisfaction. We want instant satisfaction, instant gratification. And if we can't handle people not liking something that we did, yeah, like you have to understand, like there's seven, is it like 7.8 billion people in the world? It's, yeah, it's quite a bit. There's yeah, a lot, there's a lot of people in the world. And just because you're playing in a bar in Nashville and someone doesn't like the music that you're playing, it doesn't mean that someone else somewhere else isn't, gonna like your music right and nashville i mean i don't want to sit here and get on this but i mean you go down broadway now and i say now you know i wasn't here 10 15 20 even five years ago so i can't necessarily speak on now and then yeah but i will say that as a music listener i don't really enjoy going to downtown broadway um, to listen to music. Yeah. If I want to go listen to music, I'm going to go to another venue on the outskirts or somewhere else that I can look up and see who's playing. And maybe it's a $5 cover or something to get in, but I actually get to listen and people at that bar will still, still probably be talking, but yeah, I paid to get in and I'm going to enjoy it. And you know, it, it's just Broadway is not like that. You go to Broadway because people are going to like they're going to keep you going. Yep. You know, they're going to keep you dancing and it's honky tonk central. So they're going to yep. honky tonk it up. Yep. And that's cool, man. There's like some nights that you need that, but, uh, you know, you can get a lot of that same energy at the other places too. Yeah. And I feel a lot of people kind of put that to the sideway. They think that, you know, a lot of people call Broadway music row and I mean, in a way it is, but you know, music row is the studios and all that stuff yeah. and where the magic and all that stuff happens and did happen. Yeah. And uh, it's pretty interesting to see a lot of the things that are changing here in town. Yeah. And it's it's funny, the music row thing, because, like, again, we, I, we can't speak to then and now. But from what I've heard and seen, like, music was made on music row. If you weren't making music or, like, listening to music or in meetings on music row, like... <clears throat> you weren't doing anything. Right. But now like 98% of the studios are in people's basements. Yep. Which yep. is which is so cool. But they they they're, you know, I don't know, they haven't passed the law yet or whatever, but have you read about that where they're um 
they're talking about you can't run a business out of your house. So really, in the scheme of things, you know, somebody can't have a studio in their home or like if we were down here and, you know, we were making money out of here and stuff, you couldn't do that. Like they would shut you down. Dang. It's a policy that they're, tr- they're trying to put it in place now. You should read up on it. It's pretty. I will. It's pretty crazy because I was reading about it in the Tennessean and then a couple other articles and stuff. This is Music City, okay? Yeah. You're dealing with people 40, 50, 60, 70 years old that this is their life, and this is all they've ever done, and this is how they make a living. Yeah. And just because it's in their house, if it hasn't disturbed their neighbors, then why are we shutting it down? Like, why why do you want to cease that? All yeah, the creativity and stuff. You that's kind of crazy, and that would—I mean—that that would have ruined like my entire start. Exactly, but if you know, there's there's some girl or guy sitting at home right now, across America or the country or wherever, and they may come across this, and they're saying, "Okay, I want to move to Nashville, or I want to move to some popular music city." And I want to go for like videography and photography. What would be your advice, like your best advice to them, if you had a couple minutes? I would say that if you are in the position where you can spare a couple years and and just give it a shot, I would come to town. I would write as many songs as you can write if you're an artist. I would produce as many people that you can meet if you're a producer. I would make as many videos as you can possibly make for free if you're a video person. I would take as many photos as you possibly can for free. I would just try to work on your craft and meet people and let your your work speak for you. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I can take away from like my experience. And I'm not saying like I'm the best in the world because I'm absolutely not. Um, But I think there's something genuine to be said about like, if people don't like your work, then you can't, you can't be successful in the thing you're trying to do. And it doesn't mean that like God doesn't have a a greater plan for you because he always has a better plan. Yeah. Um, But just come here and try. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Yeah. Man, I couldn't agree more and if, with that, dude. If I was Gary V, I'd say, don't don't move here. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it, man. I'll tell you what, because, you know, there's so many people that are here that are established and they look down upon the folks that are trying to establish themselves and I feel like that's perfect advice because here's the thing, man. You're helping people. You're making a network. You're meeting new people. And you're just trying to do good for other folks. It's not about yourself. Like, you're really – and in order for you to succeed, you got to establish those relationships. So Yeah, and I, I've recently just had, like, the coolest abilities because, you know, we have a, a workflow and influx now where I can't do it myself. And I'm able to, you know, I've met some really, really talented people and I'm able to give them 
essentially jobs almost every time I get a job. Yeah. And I'm able to like we're we're about to hire um we're about to hire an intern to really help me with like a lot of day to day stuff and then some editing and like a little bit of shooting. And to me, like just the thought that I might have the ability to help other people like along their journey is so crazy. And like, maybe I'll get like a gym where like I meet a a guy or girl and, and they want to come on and help us. And they turn into like a long-term employee and like we get to know their family and their kids. And we've built this thing that provides for their entire life. And like that to me is like, the only thing that this is about it's about yeah. providing for my family and being able to help others there you go folks that this guy right here austin peckham is a reason why i want to do this podcast and he dude you're absolutely every reason why this everything works you know what i mean so man thank you so much for coming on dude thanks for having me man. that was uh that was a good one that was a good one man I really appreciate it, and uh, yeah, so there you go. There you go, man. Appreciate it, brother. Pow! (laughs) There it is, y'all. Austin Peckham, man, just a good guy all around. Really enjoyed that one and talking to him, catching up. Uh, If you're interested in any of Austin's services or what Create Nash does or just checking out what he's got going on, give him a follow on Instagram, uh, Facebook, at Create Nash. Um, if you want to go on their website and see some of his work and his portfolio, you can go to createnash.com. Check it out. He's the man. Hey, this was fun, right? It was a good time. Come on back next week, and we'll have another episode of Paving a Path Podcast. (laughs) 